You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Paul Campbell. Now, Paul is the co-host of the O2 podcast, and he is the host of the brand new podcast, How to Hunt Turkeys. Now, Paul and I have got to connect multiple times. We got to hang out at ATA together this year. And while we were walking down aisles, Paul would just bounce out any time we heard a turkey call. He was like, I got to go check out that booth. I got to go talk to those people. And so we're going to dive deep into what his new podcast is all about his tips and strategies and tactics for hunting turkey and what he has planned this year. So I'm excited. Let's jump in. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show, and I am being joined by Paul Campbell, my brother who is a turkey hunting mother, and I'm pretty pumped, but dude, I'm not going to lie, before we're diving into this, I have one question for you, and that's going to determine the outcome of this okay. podcast. Oh, man, pressure. I'm ready. Are you coming to Missouri to turkey hunt this year? Yes. Yes. Yes, without a doubt. All right. Yeah. Without a doubt. I've got, I've got way too many people from the fine state of Missouri that have said, Hey, come Turkey hunt to not do it. I have to do it. So yes, you and I will be in the Turkey woods together in Missouri for sure. Perfect, man. Because I have been getting turkeys on my trail cameras. Okay. Past couple weeks, they've been showing back up. They typically drop down across the road from the property I hunt. And there's a big, there's like ag fields, but there's a wooded creek bottom and a very steep drop down to the creek. And they just like hang out there. As soon as spring starts to come, they're up in the bean field. They're up walking the fence line over to the woods. I mean, when I say we've got turkeys here, it's insane, dude. I talked to That's people awesome, all over the place and they're like, dude, all the turkeys disappeared. We can't seem to find a turkey to save our lives. And I'm like... Yeah. Dude, they're everywhere by me. And there's a ton of I I I wouldn't be surprised if there were 50 birds with long beards in the field across the road the other day. That's I couldn't amazing. find I couldn't find a Jake. I couldn't find a hen. It was like every bird in that field oh had a beard God. on it. So man, that's that's a special that's a special place. Yes, yeah, I will I definitely be there. <laughs> I'm like overselling this already. You're gonna get up here and you're gonna be like, you said 50. I only saw 30. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wanted quite 50, Dan. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> no, that's well, good, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm more pumped, man. You're going to be proud of me. I'm more pumped about turkey hunting this year than I have ever been. I love to so, hear it, man. I love to hear it. I, I've been preaching the turkey hunting gospel to, to fellow sportsmen's empire 
podcasters uh, and 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 people in, in in our community. And it's nice to hear people. Dan Johnson, of all people, and I hope he listens to this. Uh, has has I I've heard a little peak of interest in his voice when I've talked to him about Turkey, and more so I think than 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 years past. So yeah. I love to hear it. Uh, and man, what what a time to be alive! And there's no finer pursuit to do than wild turkey hunting uh, in this great country. So man, I'm glad to hear that, dude. It's gonna be I, I'm I'm getting the bug little by little, um, but I think I would have kind of pushed myself over the edge had I made it to NWTF. Oh, I yeah. had so many people like, dude, are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? And I wanted to, but that was around the time that we were trying to sell this crappy trailer that was on the property that we bought. Mm-hmm. And so it was like every day I was out there doing work. I was trying to get things taken care of. And so unfortunately I wasn't able to make it, but then I had like all the freaking kids these days call it FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. Yeah. You see all the posts from your buddies, and I'm sitting there watching you guys all at NWTF, and I'm like, man, I wish I was there. It is so. I mean, even if you're not a turkey hunter, it's just a it's a fun sports show. I mean, it's a bunch of people, you know, in camo. There's a there's a lot of stuff for the deer hunter there at the sports show, and man, it is just it is so for me and for turkey hunters, it's like a one, it's a big family reunion, but it's like the official, unofficial, uh, if you will kickoff to just turkey season as a whole and it is a blast and there's a ton of people so i mean there were there were more people that walked through the the gates of the sports show at the nwtf and convention in nashville than have ever done before uh smashed every record that you could possibly think of i mean it the energy that was around that show was was amazing uh you know it's great man like that's my busiest week yeah for me uh so the week before and the week of convention, the busiest weeks that I have all year. And I was running around a hundred mile an hour and I look out of the corner of my eye and who do I see standing over by a new canoe, Parker McDonald. And he's in the middle of a conversation. I hadn't met Parker yet. So I just run up and gave him a big old hug. I was like, good to see you, man. I just take right off running, you know, back to whatever the heck I was doing, but it's a great time. It really is. Uh, you and your family, you got to be there next year. You would love it. You really, you really would. You guys would have a blast. So, and if you're with us with the, if you're within an eight hour drive of Nashville, Tennessee, you got to be there. I mean, it is, it, it oh, is, dude, uh, we're so it's an close. amazing time. We're so close to Nashville. Uh, we just drove through there this weekend. Uh, yeah. way back or on our way to and back from South Carolina. And it's really not that far. I call it Trashville. I'm not a huge Nashville fan. Yeah. Like every time we go through there, I'm like, dude, my tires are going to get blown out by the, <laughs> by the potholes. <laughs> Everything's just dirty on the side of the highway. And don't get me wrong. Downtown Nashville is pretty sweet. And like the whole aura Broadway or whatever it is. Yeah. Isn't terrible. But for some reason, man, Tennessee, those big cities in Tennessee, Every time I go through there, I'm like, dude, what's going these on? Roads look like they could collapse at any second. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I've I've been to Nashville a hundred times. I've never been to Broadway. I've never been to downtown Nashville, the Nash Vegas experience or whatever it's called. Never, never been there. I've never experienced like the nightlife of because whenever I'm in Nashville, I'm working. Yeah, you know, and it's just I I spend a ton of time there. I got a lot of a lot of people that I've gotten to know there, but I've never partied in Nashville. So. February next year, Dan, let's, let's make that happen. Dude, we will make that happen. I just got to put it on the calendar. I got to get set up and, uh, and show up there. So talk to me, man. You started a new turkey hunting podcast. Yeah. Are you, are you still fully involved with O2? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So and, Andrew and I are, are, are plugging away there. Uh, that show has been a lot of fun. The O2 podcast and, 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 and you know how it is to start a podcast. When, when we first started doing it, I didn't know what I was doing. I was nervous. I remember the first time we interviewed someone like, you know, live and I'm doing air quotes for, for people listening to this. Um, I was terrified and it was just me in my front room, Andrew and our buddy, Corey, who, who, who was with us on the show originally. And, you know, two and a half years into it, you know, I, I feel like I've settled in a little bit. I'm still learning. Uh, but I, I, I reached out to Dan. I said, Hey man, I want to do a Turkey hunting podcast on the sportsman's empire, because quite frankly, the disrespect that the wild Turkey, um, got at the hands of nine fingers, I was unacceptable and I needed to, I needed to change that. And he was fortunate enough to, to say, yes, let's go ahead and do it. So it's been a ton of fun. It's the how to hunt turkeys podcast. So it's, it's very much geared towards, uh, people that that have hunted a little bit or people that are are thinking about turkey hunting and or veteran turkey hunters and so the, it's not just you know newbies it's it's people that have been in a while so i think the best way to learn uh in in this medium that we have podcasts is is storytelling and so yeah. a lot of the guys you know and that's and that's kind of the it's not um the show isn't isn't kind of analytical to the point like uh if you listen to Bo Martonic East East Meets West podcast that's an awesome show Bo has a really good way of like breaking down data breaking down experiences uh in a very like scientific manner almost yeah. this is just a couple of rednecks usually talking about turkey hunting in some <laughs> fashion and it's neat how the shows I never know uh guys will be like well what do you want to talk about turkey hunting that's the answer turkey hunting it's not I've never, I've never started the show, uh, you know, with an idea of this is what we want to talk. It always just kind of morphs into something and they've all been vastly different so far, uh, but man, it's been a ton of fun. So really, really enjoyed it. Some great guests so far. So what is it for you about turkey hunting? Like what, what about turkey hunting just drives you crazy? Is it the calling? Cause I get that answer quite a bit. People are like, dude, the communication, like you're actually calling to a bird, you are communicating with a specific bird and you are trying to convince it to come in. And I get that answer a lot. Um, but it seems like Turkey hunting of all hunting for me, I'm like, it just seems like a really weird animal to get that crazy about. Yeah. That's a good question. So, so we're going to rewind a little bit just in, in, in my life. So I just turned 40, uh, the end of last year in October of last year. So I didn't start hunting just in general until I was 25. And so my first, my first hunting season for turkeys, I think it was 2008 was my first year uh, hunting. So for, for those that are old enough to remember 2008, we were smack dab in the middle of the Great Recession. The economy was trash. My dad had just died. Uh, he died at 54 years old. So just totally unexpected. I talked to him at 7 o'clock on Sunday night, 5 a.m. on Monday morning. I get, I get a phone call that my dad had died. Jeez. And so my life was in absolute chaos it was in free fall um i i worked in the golf industry for about 15 years at that time i was still kind of in you know the the the, the lower ranks of the the golf hierarchy so I had, i'd really struggled uh to keep a job because golf courses were laying people off left and right and so my life was 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 a wreck quite honestly i was a drunk um you know i i didn't know what i was doing i had no um no direction in life and and a my best friend Kenny Keaton said, "Hey man, do you, do you want to go turkey hunting?" 
And damn, my response is, what the hell's a turkey? Like, like that's a thing. Like people hunt turkeys. Like they're, they're like wild turkeys. Are you serious? Like, what is this? And so I, I, um, I agreed because, you know, I, I didn't have my, I, I didn't have anything else to do. Right. And so we went, we went that spring and I bought a call. I bought a Primo's power crystal and I borrowed a shotgun. I bought the cheapest camo, uh, you know, that, that you could find. So, um, you know, we go, we go out the first, the first day that, that we're hunting, Kenny and I are hunting, uh, on, on just some public ground, uh, here in Southern Ohio. And man, the first gobble that I heard from a wild turkey, something in me changed, uh, in my mind and my heart and my soul, whatever, whatever you want to say, man, something changed in me. And I have, I had never wanted to see something so bad. I never wanted to put my hands on something so bad in life. I never wanted to kill something so bad in my life. I had to see that, that animal. And not only did I not kill a wild turkey that year, I didn't see a wild turkey that year. We heard a few more the second year, same thing. Third year, it took me three years before I finally killed my wild turkey. So, so what's the draw to me? Uh, you know, at that time in my life, man, it was so, my life was so bad that the, the, the pursuit of turkey hunting and getting to learn something new, learn how to be a proficient caller, learn, you know, how to shoot a gun proficiently, how to move through the woods, all of these things, uh, you know, at that moment in my life, it gave me purpose and it gave me something to to focus. And it, and it, it, it really just, it was something that I could latch onto when my life was so chaotic, that gave me something important, uh, you know, because I had a son, but I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a wife and, you know, um, you know, small friend group, but that, that was something I was just able to latch onto. So it, it was, it, it's very personal for me, turkey hunting. Yeah. I think it's very personal for a lot of people, and and just for me, as you know, as I've gotten into more hunting, it's definitely man, uh, the calling. I mean, you're interacting with them, you know. So that's something I that I love. I'm not a patient guy. I've become patient more, but you know, hanging from a tree, I'm just like, oh god, this sucks. <laughs> like, what way is the wind going? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have patience for that. Uh, but man, so that's I, that's a long winded answer to you know to why. It, I latched onto it. It's very, it's very personal for me. I, I've, I've said that, you know, man, you know, kind of looking at it, I, I honest to God, Dan, I, I believe that the, the wild turkey and turkey hunting, quite honestly, just say, saved my life at some, on, on some level, uh, which is crazy to think of. So that's wild, man. I mean, uh, what a cool, what a cool story of how hunting can change you. I mean, cause yeah. it does, like, I see it all the time with new hunters. It like gets a hold of them. It and does. they really like they connect on a different level. I mean, when you are becoming part of the food chain, and this seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of the talks that I have with people, both like the idea of becoming part of the food chain, becoming a an active participant in the outdoors and not just an observer. And then on top of that, like what you said, you didn't even see a turkey, but you were still hooked. Yeah. And the thought of the failure is almost what gets you or like the, it makes the success even better when it happens. Yeah. I've been absolutely. talking to people about that a ton lately. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an important aspect. I think that a lot of people overlook just in hunting uh, in general, deer hunting, duck hunting, moose hunting, elk, what, what, whatever it is, you know, that, that the, the process uh, is just as important as pulling the trigger you know, pulling the release, putting an arrow out, whatever, whatever it is. And I think it's easy for people to forget that. And, you know, yeah. I I've forgotten that just in my life, you know, and, 
and you know, you have that kind of that personal renaissance, you know, where, where you get back to to what's important to you as an individual and, and really big picture stuff, you know, as collectively, I think is, is what I'm trying to get at. So yeah, good yeah. stuff. So what, I mean, since that point, you, you didn't get one that first, that first go, uh, from there, how has Turkey hunting developed or evolved for you? Um, obviously like Turkey hunting, it doesn't seem like it's changed a ton. I, maybe, mm. maybe the amount or the opportunities, but as far as the, the actual pursuit and the technique and strategy of turkey hunting, uh, it seems like people have been doing it pretty similar way for decades. For you, yeah, though, that's what. How did how did things change for you after that first season? You know, for, I mean, for me because I was so new to just to just hunting, and I hadn't spent much time in the woods, so it was there was a huge learning curve. Uh, you know, for me, and and it, it's just as simple as moving quietly through the woods in the morning, you know, um, I think one of the, you know, you listen to guys like cut Strickland, they talk about like the art of the setup, right. And it's where to set you that for years, it was, you know, I I would think to myself, okay, well that Turkey's over there. Ah, this is the best spot for me to be. Okay. And so the, the good Turkey hunters, and there's a clear line, there's Turkey hunters and there's Turkey killers, right. And those are the guys that just get it, man. They understand it. You could drop them off in the middle of nowhere with, you know, with a freaking box call and an owl hooter, and they're going to come back with a turkey. No maps, yeah. nothing. You know, they just get it. Those are turkey killers. And I was having a really good conversation there. And and this is this is um, I will I I like to talk about this because I think it's a neat it's a neat perspective. But it's you know, so you think of okay, this is where I want to be. I want to be right here because it looks nice, right? Or you know, this tree I can lean up against this tree and. Yeah, that turkey's over there, and, I, and he's definitely going to come to me because you know I'm I'm calling on this two hundred dollar you know freaking pod call that I've been working so hard at, and then they just walk right out of your life, and 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 they just gobble a couple of times at you, and and they walk you know, two hundred yards to your west or whatever, and so the the epiphany that I had was go where the turkey wants to be, and and so you you know, and that was one of the evolutions for me was, let's. Well, this looks nice for me, but he, there's no way that he's going to come down this ravine and up here, like there's a clear cut, you know, like there's a little tiny open spot that I can see that's 120 yards away. Like that's where he's definitely going to go, you know? And, and so that was kind of the evolution for me was just those woodsmen's, uh, you know, the woodsmanship that, that, that people talk about. And it's one I'm still learning, you know, yeah. and I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be learning. Um, you know, turkey hunting is definitely going through. I think the popular it's it's funny because birds are declining and you know there's a really there's a lot of negative talk about wild turkey hunting but you know more people are doing it now uh, than they were 20 years ago so yeah. you know more people are getting into it and so there has been some some evolution of of hunting with with you know you're reaping and fanning and, and and different tactics but I think for the most part like it's it's really it's turkey hunting is I think it's you can only do it so many ways, you know, there's only so many, they, they don't smell. So you can't manipulate that. You can't bait turkeys. So you can't manipulate that. Uh, and you're already calling at them. So that's like the greatest weakness. So I think, you know, for the most part, there's not a lot of uh, trophy status, trophy seekers in the Turkey woods. I mean, they're definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are, but you know, so I think, I think Turkey hunting, it's, it's going to stay pretty traditional in the sense that, that, you know, people aren't in it for, measuring beards and measuring spurs. Yeah, that's cool. That's just like the icing on the cake, you know? But so I think, I think it's going to stay pretty pure, uh, as, yeah. as it continues to evolve. How do you, what is your take on things like reaping birds? Because that seems to be a hot button topic 
yeah in in the turkey hunting community it is uh and and i am i am not one to fight with people on social media i just released a podcast with philip culpepper jr from hunt club tv been in the industry for years great man great turkey hunter he's he's a big proponent of reaping and fanning and he gets a ton of hate about that from turkey purists and 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 people that don't agree with him and that's very easy to do on social media right it's very easy to do on the internet uh, is argue with people and, and yell and talk. I'm not one to do that. So if I don't agree with someone, I'm either one, not going to consume your content anymore, or I'm going to have a conversation with you. And so Philip and I dove into this topic about reaping and fanning. I am not for it. I'm 100% against it, strictly from the aspect of it's a safety risk. It's a safety issue for me. Uh, you wouldn't dress up with a rack on your head and a brown rug on your body and walk through the woods during the rut trying to get a turkey or a, a deer to come at you and then and then hop up with the boat at the last minute and shoot it. Like you're just not going to do it because it's dangerous. Someone else is going to kill you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I referenced this and it's, it's a tragic story. It happened in 2021 in West Virginia. There was a 19 year old kid out hunting with his girlfriend on this family farm. A 76 year old man trespassed onto their property. This kid was in a field reaping a turkey with one of those full mounts. 76 year old man shot him with a 243 with a rifle. He was illegally hunting turkeys, shot this kid. And that's private property. All right. And yeah. so, you know, you, you look at videos, Team Wingbone, some buddies of mine, they just released a video two weeks ago and 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 from Montana from last year, turkey hunting. A guy comes in to a bunch of a field with a bunch of goblin toms and he's and he's got a he's got a a reaping uh decoy with him. So is it effective? Yes. It's re- it's a really effective way to to kill turkeys. I think that that you know biologically, I'm not I'm not smart enough to answer the question, does it negatively impact the turkey populations? I don't know. Um, I've heard a lot of interesting theories about that. I don't think there's any science to back it up. So at this point, for me, it's an it's a hard no just because of the safety. My okay. life is not worth a turkey, you know. And and I hope that that, that people take that perspective. If they want to do it, do it. If it's legal in your state, do it. But but really, like consider the safety risks that that, that you have uh, with that practice. So. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now, I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters, and Landon and Brandon, the owners, put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me, and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past, and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. In addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling. So if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. Yeah, it seems like the... The idea now has transferred not only from turkeys, but to all sorts of game animals. Like you see, you see the silhouette decoys that mount to your bow or that you just walk behind the ones that you can unfold really quickly. And uh, they make them look like cows. They make them look like just about everything. Yeah. And I think the allure of getting up close and personal to an animal and just continuing to observe its natural behavior is why so many people like that. You know, like yeah. if they think you're another turkey, they're just going to kind of hang out. And yeah. 
and watch. Maybe the alternative to reaping them with a turkey decoy is to do a cow silhouette. You know, so then you potentially minimize that risk of getting shot because someone mistakes you for a bird. Because I'll yeah. tell you this, I've I've reaped way more turkeys than I've called in. Uh, in fact, I just killed my first turkey this last season that I actually called in mm-hmm. and everything kind of happened the right way, air quotes. Uh, Which one did you prefer? I know this is your podcast. I'm going to ask questions here on this one, Dan. <laughs> yeah, perfect. No, dude, you're the turkey guy out of all of us. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know which one I liked more. I think the fact that I did call the bird in solo was really cool. Like nobody else was Mm -hmm. with me. Normally I'm hunting with somebody else. And in fact, I called two toms in. I still regret shooting the one this year when I did because these toms came in and I think I would have got to see them just tear up my decoy. And I haven't seen that before. I mean, I've literally had, I've had birds spitting and drumming from me to my computer screen away while I'm sitting in a blind and they were just on the other side of the property line. And so I could have like, I could have almost knifed them or grabbed them yeah. the fence. And, and so I've got to see a lot of really cool things, but I haven't seen that yet where they come in and just beat the tar out of a decoy. And so I think that probably would have put it over the edge for me to just see him attacking it. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, as far as calling one in, I definitely like the interaction. I'm not a good turkey caller at all, and that just shows you how dumb these birds are around here. Like the fact that I can kill a turkey every year, it anybody can do it where I'm at. Uh, yeah. The so I did like the calling aspect because I did. I heard these birds coming, and I heard them for like 45 minutes. Probably we called back and forth, and it was. I wasn't specifically calling to them. I was calling to, probably eight different toms all gobbling and they were in different areas. I mean, like some in a small 12 acre woodlot, some in the big Creek bottom, some straight down the fence row from me, some in a 20 acre woodlot. I mean, from all different directions. And these were just the ones that come in. And so that was definitely cool. I like the physicality of reaping. Yeah. Um, Crawling through. And, and it's just another aspect of, are you oh, fit yeah. to do? Yeah, I mean, like to creep through, to have to be very cautious about your movements. Um, in fact, I think not even reaping or fanning or doing any of that, The the my favorite turkey hunt that I think I've been on, we saw these birds while we were set up traditionally. We saw them. They disappeared. And I was like, what in the world, man? Like these birds were just here. And so I was like, I'm going to go walk through the woods. I'm just going to slow walk and see what I can find, see if I can hear anything. So we'd stop and call, stop and call. And then I look out of the woods and about 300 yards away, I see, I see these toms. And instead of calling them, I just watched what they were doing. And I could see that the sun was in their face and they were working, say, southeast to northwest towards the north end of the woodlot that I was in. And so I was like, I can just work my way up. Like I can stay in the shadows and get in front of them. And when they get in range, I'm going to shoot one. And it was kind of fun playing this cat and mouse game because they just fed. The grass was too tall to fully see them all the time. And so I'd see like one head pop up, then another. And I knew there was a monster in there that I wanted to shoot. And uh, so that was kind of a fun, like weird 
whack-a-mole game where it's like a head would pop up. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. not that one. Another head would pop up, then they'd all disappear. And then finally I saw the one, and I was like, that's him. I could tell just the size of his head. I mean, yeah. I could see that the size of his head was that much bigger. Oh, that's awesome. I pulled the trigger. That bird would have ended up being the state record beard-length turkey in Missouri. Had oh, wow. I even thought to like, oh, I need to measure this and you yeah. know submit it. I found out the next year when I was looking at the weight of my bird that I shot the next year that I had shot. And it wasn't even by a little. It was like a half inch bigger than the record. That's that's impressive, man. That's wild. So anyways, like I, I just love pursuing animals and I can't I don't ever get hung up on one way of doing anything. And so, again, a long winded way of saying, you know, I think calling it in was pretty, pretty cool. And the fact that I had killed so many other ways that I was able to actually do that effectively, I was pretty pumped about. And yeah, you know, for sure. hopefully I can do it again this year. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I watched the videos this year. You can I, call one in this year. There you, you go. Shoot it. I, I watched the uh I watched the reaping videos and I see these toms that they just rip across the field from like a hundred yards away. And <laughs> these guys are shooting them from like five feet. I'm like Oh my God, that looks insane. Yeah. And, you know, so there, there's, there's some interesting theories about kind of like the, the biological breeding structure of wild turkeys and the effects on reaping. So you, so turkeys are deer will breed with, you know, the dominant, you know, the dominant buck and, or, or really anyone that's, they, you know, they deem suitable turkeys are a little more rigid in, in their breeding structure. So, you know, a, a hen might have one Tom, the dominant Tom, multiple hens might have one Tom that they want to breed with. And then you'll have you know five or six subordinate males um, that that are that are there kind of in in the waiting. And so when when you and this is where the reaping a lot of the negative um, feelings and, and hard feelings about about reaping come from is that when you're fanning or reaping that that dominant tom is the one that that you pull across the field that that comes to you. And, and so when you take him out of the breeding cycle. Uh, and, and most, most turkey seasons start on kind of the downward of, of that bell curve, you know, once yeah. the majority of the breeding has occurred, you hunt. So, uh, if, if, if hens haven't been bred and they wanted to breed with, with this dominant Tom and we take them out, um, they kind of start that process all over again, the, the, the lecking process and that, that breeding hierarchy. And so when you do that, that moves that nesting and that pull, uh, and that brooding, uh, process even farther into the season. And so you'll have some effects. And so that's the, that's the theory, uh, you know, uh, uh, about that. And I, like I said, there's, there's not any hard um, data that I've seen. But how would, that, about. how would that be different than like traditional turkey hunting? Because you're still trying to shoot the dominant male, right? I think, I think for, and, and if, and, and this is just from what I've heard and and just experience in the woods that I would say a massive, massive majority of turkeys that are killed every year are like two and a half year old birds. They're the ones that are fired up because it's their first years with, with a long beard, you know, and they're, yeah. they're ready to fight. They're ready to see if they can just get in on the breeding action. So those are the ones that are coming in. I think the mature, the mature birds, those dominant, dominant birds, if I had to get, and this is like I said, this is purely speculation, just from my personal experience and from from listening to biologists, uh, you know, when they talk and other turkey hunters, those those dominant birds, you're not, we're not interacting with them as much as we think we are as, as hunters, you know. And so that bird that you caught, um, they're you know, the, 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 caught. Listen to me, that bird that you shot, um, 
that's yeah that that was probably the, the the dominant the dominant bird and and you know air quotes again you did that the right way you know you stalked him you moved in you got in position you did all these things so you know that and that's the and that's the argument so what's the you know what's worse um you being a skillful ninja in the turkey woods and you can go in and you could kill a dominant tom from this section of the woods and then you know the next day i can go in and do the same thing and go get another dominant tom from because I'm, I'm good at moving through the woods and that's the that's the juxtaposition it's the word i'm looking for here uh you know what's what's the right answer and and i don't and quite honestly i don't think anyone knows i sure as hell don't know uh because i'm an idiot when it comes to a lot of these things that like i said i just listen to what other people say yeah um so I understand why people are, are upset about it just because turkey decline is a very personal issue for a lot of people. Uh, and then so we, you know, as humans, we want to blame something, right? So we blame the raccoon, we blame reaping, we blame decoys, we blame, uh, you know, Walmart building a new distribution center and turkey hunting. There's all these things. And and so, you know, just to sum it up for me, it's just, man, it's just, um, it's a hunting. There's an inherent risk when you're hunting. It's just an added risk that I'm not willing to take. But like you said, I like getting, I like seeing them all close and just being turkeys, man. It's super yeah. cool watching them just putts around. And if I could get inside of a cow decoy and just sit in a field, I'd be like a freaking kid in Christmas, man, watching <laughs> them like move around. Like, this is so cool, man. And what's really neat is like when they get close like that, you hear sounds that you didn't know that they make. Oh yeah. That you only hear them when you're 10 feet from them. And you're like, oh man, this is really neat. You don't see this on YouTube. You Listen, know? I don't ever save, I don't ever save my turkey videos that I get on trail camera. And this year I got some incredible sounds. No kidding. Like, I'm I'm talking like 40 turkeys right in front of the camera. Oh, and just yeah, so hearing cool. all the different things. And I mean, in the past I haven't even had cameras that could pick up sound. And so yeah. this go around, I was like, Oh, I'm kind of curious. Like how, how vocal are they when you're like right there inside of them? And I probably have a hundred videos saved on my camera of Man, all that's cool. vocalizations. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty wild. Cause I yeah. heard people talk for years like, Oh yeah, they spit and drum. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. You know, people are yeah. doing their rendition of it on, on a podcast. And I'm like, yeah. they don't that, make man. that sound. And then sure enough, man, I'm sitting in this blind and I'm like, dude, big Tom coming our way. Yeah. It's right on the other side of the fence. Dude. He's like three feet from us. And my buddy's so like, cool. can we shoot? I was like, no, he's like on the neighbor's property. He's like, dude, he's three feet from us. Just reach under and grab him. I'm like, no, we're not shooting him, man. <laughs> no, and I just hear, and I was yeah. like, that's it. That's what it it's is. Right there. Holy yeah. cow. And just yeah. hearing him as he's like fanned out and it's just like, and yeah. I'm like, what the heck, dude? It's like, it's amazing. Makes, it felt like it made the blind shake. I'm yes. Like, it's the weirdest thing. So like, you can craziest. feel it. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's you know what's crazy? A lot of people cannot hear that sound. Hmm. Talking with I was talking with Michael Chamberlain. He talked about just people their whatever is in their auditory setup that they cannot hear spitting and drumming. It could be three feet from you and they can't hear it. There's just certain people. Um, I definitely can't hear it as well as some of my friends, but I can hear it. Yeah. Uh, and then you hear like their feathers like flex and like I, I, it's like they're is running. Is? I, is it? Like I don't know what it is. Is that like it, their feathers? Like, yeah, I mean, you can like, like feel a vibration. It. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it. It's like it's like when you're um, you like if you're in, like at a concert and they're warming up and you hear the drummer just hitting the, the drum like you can't because far away you can't really hear it but like you can kind of feel it. That's almost like uh, what it is. Like oh you, yeah, for sure. It's the it's such a weird experience. So yeah, there's another thing to chalk it up why turkeys are better than deer. <laughs> 
Dude, that's funny. I, I mean, I think it's cool, like the different types, like you can go, I mean, obviously deer have all their different species around the country, but like turkey hunting, like the different mm -hmm. settings that you're going to find turkeys in, uh, even being out in Utah, man, I saw some turkey sign, more turkey sign. Oh yeah. It was like the road looked like it was textured with a roller covered in turkey prints. I mean, <laughs> oh man, it, that's it cool. Just that many bird prints. Okay. No and I was like, holy cow, man, like this is unique. This is like deserty mountains where like we're mountain lion hunting. And this is there's that many birds here. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's that's a pretty cool aspect of it. And then you get just like that slight variation in the fan. Uh yeah. the color yeah. of the bird. And then obviously what's the one that's like crazy different? the so the so the os the, the well the oscillated is down in mexico yeah, yeah. uh and and uh, just a small portion of mexico but it's almost like if i could explain it uh and and google it uh it's like a peacock slash turkey hybrid yeah. and they've got like these gnarly like bumps all over their head and their water was like out of control they're pretty wild and they are beautiful they're like shimmery green i mean they're gorgeous man gorgeous animals uh, i had a boss that had completed this I don't know if it's the world slam or what, but he ended up going down to Mexico. Okay. And he's like, that was, that was a different hunt. You know, like we talk about reaping and stuff, but down there it's like anything goes. And yeah. the way he described it, he was in the middle of the jungle and yeah. he had like this tribe, uh, a couple hunters from the tribe, they took him out and they were out there in the middle of the night. I'm talking like the sun went down, they waited a couple hours and went out. And he's like, we're walking down this trail. I can't see my hand in front of my face. It's so dark. And I'm just like, I can hear them right in front of me. So I'm just following them all through the jungle. And he said, the guy, the guy um, told him, he said, I'm going to turn a light on and you shoot where the light is pointed. Oh my gosh. And he's like, what? And he's like, this is like, I didn't realize this is what I was getting into. Yeah. And I mean, it's a legal practice down there, but he's like, literally, he shined the light. I shot, and the bird fell out of the tree, and it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous oh oscillating. And I was like, that's, I mean, it's cool. It's unique. And that's where yeah. I'm like, dude, I have a hard time when somebody says, oh, dude, you can't hunt them like that. Like, that's not the way to do it. I immediately want to be like, who says? Like, I'm yeah. going to try it. I want to see how yeah. it how it." Down there, like, you're you're in the woods, like, when the jaguars are out on the prowl. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? yeah, like, no that's, kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, you know, people people are really protective about the, the the critters that they chase, whether it be deer or turkeys or elk or grouse. You know, people people are passionate. And I think that's that's the one thing that I take as a positive when when people are upset about things is that it means they care. And whatever it is that they care about, yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy that they're upset about it, even if it's directed at me, because because I know that, that you know that, that you care about it. So I think it's the way that we communicate those issues that that, that we need we, and I say, we like all of us need to do, you know, a better job. So, because like, like that, that's a unique experience that you'll never, a, a unique hunting experience. It's got its own challenges. It's got its own, uh, inherent dangers, uh, and its own rewards, you know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think the journey the story, uh, you know, if I, if I sat in the same tree every day, every year and shot a buck and shot a doe and nothing ever changed, like that would get monotonous and boring for me. And yeah. so to experience it new and in different ways, adding challenges to it, I think is, is yeah. pretty sweet. What, a, yeah, was, what are your plans for Turkey season 
this year? Are you going after any new species? Or... Yeah, man. So this is this is a big year for me. So let's let's see. So today is what March eighth. So March sixteenth. Next next. So a week from now will be my first turkey hunt in Southern Florida. Really looking forward to that. I've never hunted in Florida, so I'm I'm hunting uh, hunting the Osceola turkeys. I'll be there for for two weeks. I'm going down by myself. Uh, and Parker McDonald's going with me from Southern Ground. We're going to do some some turkey hunting together. And then I'm going up guiding some folks uh, from New York or coming down to Central Florida. We'll hunt, and then I'm headed up to I'm going to hunt my way back home. So I'm going to go through Alabama, hunt with uh, with my buddies from Woodhaven Game Calls, and then up through. Uh, I think I'm I, I might skip Tennessee this year. Uh, I'm not sure. Still, still trying to plan that out. But Kentucky, and then I, the, and and this is where it gets kind of sketchy, Dan. Uh, I've gotten a couple invites to go to Montana and hunt Merriams. So I've told my wife, I'm like, okay, if I have an Osceola and an Eastern in the bag, and then I go out, uh, you know, early May, mid May to hunt, well, early May to hunt um, Merriams, and I and I and I get one, I'm going to go and try to kill a Rio. And that's just nothing that you can tell me. I'm whatever amount of time and money it takes to do that in, in one year, that slam in one year, I'm going to do that. And she's like, Well, can't you just do it yet next year? I'm like, Well, yeah, but it's not the same. Like, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I am um, I I there's the potential for a slam, the US slam uh in one year. We'll see if it happens, man. Turkey hunting can be real weird uh at times, but yeah, so New species. I've only hunted Easterns in my life, so I'm doing all of them, hopefully, uh, in one year or so. All right, guys, I'm excited to introduce the new age of accessing private property for hunting and fishing with Infinite Outdoors. I joined the Infinite Outdoors crew on a duck hunt in Colorado this fall, and the experience was unmatched. We were able to book the property right on their app, get directions to the blind, and had the whole place to ourselves, all for a super reasonable price. Infinite Outdoors has developed a unique way to combine conservation, technology, and private land access all through their U.S.-built app and website. By working closely with landowners and on-staff biologists, they aim to bring you the best parts of accessing private land at the touch of a finger. They provide adventures for big game, turkeys, waterfowl, fly fishing, upland birds, small game, predators, and more. As yearly leases get more expensive, and secluded public land gets harder to find, I believe this is the way of the future. To check it out for yourself, download the Infinite Outdoors app or visit infiniteoutdoorsusa.com and use code NOMADIC15 for 15% off your annual membership of $39.99. Is that what it is? It's four birds? That gets you your U.S. slam? Yeah, so your U.S. Slam is the Eastern Osceola, Merriams, and Rio. Your Royal Slam is those four plus the Goulds, which is in Arizona, uh, mostly Mexico. And then your World Slam is you add the Oscillated on. So hold on. The U.S. Slam doesn't involve the Goulds, which is nope. located here in the U.S.? Correct. Yeah. I mean, just so their native range is like the southwest of this country, uh, but they just just recently uh, have have been reestablished, huntable populations reestablished uh, in you know, Arizona. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and it, it is uh, in in Arizona and the in the U.S. states. I think Arizona, maybe New Mexico, has some goulds there. They're very protective about about their turkeys because yeah. it's taken a lot of time, effort, and energy, and, and volunteers to to get those huntable populations back to those prop to that place. Uh, Mexico. I, I did an interview with Jay Scott from Jay Scott Outdoors. Awesome guy. 
uh, and he he does a lot of Goulds hunts uh, in Mexico. He's got ranches all over the you know the that territory. And was telling me about the Aussie, like the Goulds down there. They don't get a lot of people that go hunt them. Just hmm. just you know, one, it costs a lot of money to get down there. Uh, there's not a lot of public property, uh, you know, for for people to hunt. It's just not important an important game species in in that part of the world. And so he said that that when he gets new hunters to go down there, he has to tell like the guys from like Ohio and Missouri, you know, when they're hunting these turkeys to not freak out and shoot them from 60 yards away because these birds are unpressured. He talked about getting to watch them be turkeys. He said that people are amazed because these birds are so unpressured that they just act like turkeys the entire time. And you're just in, you're just in a spot and they're interacting, they're breathing, they're fighting, they're clucking, they're making all these sounds and they, they don't even know that you're there. Uh, and he said that you just sit there and you watch them. And then, you know, inevitably it'll, an opportunity will present itself and then, and then you take the shot. But he said, it's really funny because guys will get down there and they're ready to shoot the first turkey that they see. And he's like, freaking relax, just watch them do the, you know, fanning and strutting and drumming and spitting. He said, you can sit there for hours and watch them just Jeez. have a, have a good time, which is really neat. So yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the Royal slam when you add on that, uh, the Goulds. Dang, man. So yeah, this could be a huge year for you. And I mean, Regardless, if you get one in each of these places, the opportunity and the amount of hunts that you're going to get to do in new locations, that's, yeah. that's a win. It is, man. I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's a part of me that, that feels bad, you know, for my family and, and my wife is an absolute trooper, man. She, she, she takes care of the kids and, you know, I tried to be uh, a good father and husband, but I'm, I'm, I'm extra little extra effort right before and, and right after because that turkey season, man, it is like uh it's it's almost a one track mind uh for me. And you know, man, you only get so many years that that you can do that. Uh yeah. you know, with with health and uh and you know I'm I'm fortunate enough to have the ability to to be able to afford to do those things uh financially, which I I, I respect that. And a lot of people don't get that chance. I work really hard to to you know to save the money to get to be able to do that this year. Uh, and it's just, you know, 15, 20, 30 years from now, I may not be able to do that physically, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so I'm going to try to capitalize on that while, while I can. So thank you, Ashley, for holding the fort down. <laughs> if she listens. Dude, the wives, man, they are a different breed to put up with this, you know, like, yeah. and, and, you know, my wife, when we got married, she understood that I was a hunter. She didn't yeah. ex- understand the extent of which. I hunted or wanted to hunt. Um, but yeah, I hear, I hear stories, man. I, like I, I look at it and I go, I'm gone quite a bit hunting. I do a lot of big trips throughout the year. I do a lot of just local, Hey, I'm going out this afternoon or I'm going out in the morning. I'll be gone all weekend, whatever. But then I think about people like big players in the industry who are creating a ton of content and hearing, you know, they might be gone 150 days in in a year to hunt yeah. like i always tough, point man. my wife at those people i'm like yeah at least i'm not yeah that. at least i'm not yeah. that and she's like we don't you don't want me to count how how often you're gone oh gosh like, yeah no i definitely it, don't no it you know it, that's you know it's funny because you know when people are like oh man i want to be in the industry and, the, and then you talk to guys that are in the industry and they say that they're like dude i you know you miss you miss football games you miss soccer games you miss your birthdays kids growing up and all these things so you know, it's what's important to each person, I guess. And, you know, I want to, I want to enjoy my family and I also want to hunt turkeys. So it's, it's for me, it's, there was, I think almost subconscious or consciously rather there was the decision where it was just like, I'm gonna put all my eggs 
collectively into one basket and that is the turkey hunting basket and, and everything else i just do it uh you know very sporadically um, yeah because i'm a schmuck man i'm gonna be honest with you from and it's just and you know it used to be just like the last two weeks of april uh to like you know the the, the third saturday or third sunday in, in may you know yeah that's our ohio season and now it's like well i'm going to florida you know, March 15th or whatever. So it's that, that time that I'm a schmuck has just expanded over the years. So, oh, gotta, yeah, man. Florida would be yeah. a, a very unique place to hunt, I feel like. And there's a lot of cool spots. Like here, it's very typical what you'd think mid, Midwestern hunting. You know, yeah. we're hunting bean fields close to woodlots. The birds come out. We'll see a lot of birds. It, we're going to hear. I don't, I don't know how many gobbles you're used to hearing, but last year I heard more gobbles in one morning than I think most people probably hear in their entire life. Oh, wow. I'm talking yeah. like hundreds Ooh, gotta love that. of gobbles. And yeah. that's uh, really good to hear because there's, there's a lot of people that say Missouri is dead for Turkey hunting. I'm like, man, that's not man, I talked to I a guy from to, NWTF man. like a year ago about this. And he's like, oh yeah, Missouri's population is declining like crazy. And I'm like, yeah, Man, yeah, there's... I gotta I gotta keep my spot secret then because everyone's yeah. gonna be looking for a spot close to home. And we and I, I think hunt. I think that I think that you know keep your keep your spot you moving. It's and I, I think for a lot of people, a lot of private landowners, and so you look across the country, like just the, the state of Ohio, ninety six percent of the land in the state is privately owned. So when we talk about like wildlife conservation work, habitat work, that falls that onus falls on the landowner. And same in Missouri. Sure. Yeah. Know, the, the the private landowners, they need to do the things that are necessary to to benefit wildlife positively. So, you know, keep doing keep doing the things you can do. And there's a lot of a lot of resources out there for people to 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 you know kind of help along, you know, the that the good habitat. Because here's 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 the issue. You'll have that, and I say you, I use that abroad, you'll have that awesome spot and and landowners won't do anything for decades. And then they're like, well, the turkeys are gone. Well, it's because they're two miles down the road because your buddy's been maintaining it, you know, putting a ton of time and effort into, into his habitat. Yeah. And it's more desirable to be down there. So your turkeys are not gone. They're just down the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wild, it's a wild animal, man. You got, you got to keep it happy. So, oh, for sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how this year is going to go. Like I said, the birds are starting to show back up again. Um, I've got, a new property that I actually own. So I'm excited about that, but I have congratulations sign of Turkey. Oh, really? Haven't seen anything. And I mean, I get it. Like it's kind of in a unique spot to where it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to being good Turkey habitat. You know, there's a big road on the South, a big road on the East side of it. Very little cover, almost all like pasture land that is completely cut down right now. Okay. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense that there would be a lot of turkeys there, but luckily it's only a mile away from the turkey mecca. I'm talking. Yeah, there you go. And see, that's you put a little effort into it, man. They're gonna they're gonna love it. And here here's another interesting thing too is that like during the winter, I mean, a lot of people know this. During the winter, those turkeys are sucked. They're flocked together, man. Oh yeah, because of, because of food sources, they're limited, so they're 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 very you know tightly knit. And then right before breeding season, you get that that lecking, you know. So the toms are fighting, the jakes are fighting, the hens are doing whatever the hell they do, and they just those those they start to spread. So you might not have turkeys during the winter, but you might have a couple turkeys gobbling, you know, during the spring uh, because oh, yeah. those flocks have split up and those and those batcher groups are moving are moving out. So things can change overnight, man. 
Yeah. Well, and that's, I just noticed that about my hunting property in general, the spot that I mainly hunt is like the animals are there when you can hunt them and they're not there when you can't. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm like, you can go somewhere else and hang out all year long. As long as you're here for opening morning. That's all I care about. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, that's cool, man. I'm I'm excited to get down there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, man, April uh, 17th, I think is the date this year. Uh, okay. The first day of season, and I know. I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be busy. Are you doing the Oklahoma hog hunt? You know, I I I really want to, and I think it's what April first. And so I looked at the turkey season for Oklahoma, and it was a little. I think it was like maybe April fourteenth or something like that that it started. So if there was a turkey season going on in Oklahoma, either like that weekend or like right after I would, I would probably go down and into it. I just, it's a really busy time, man, for a turkey oh, hunter yeah. and, and, a, and a guy whose professional work revolves around turkey hunting. So I've got to be, I got to be laser focused and dialed in. So all of that said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the Oklahoma hunt, but we'll have Ohio representation there. Andrew months as, as uh, he got a new rifle, man, he's ready to go. Nice. So yeah, new rifle, new scope. He's, he's chomping at the bit to, to get out there and kill some hogs. So, Oh, heck yeah. I, that sounds awesome where I'm hunting in Florida, uh, it's, it's a ranch and they've got, um, the guy was like, yeah, man, you, you can hunt. You just got to kill as many hogs as you, as you see. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Twist my arm. Yeah. Um, perfect. So I, I've only seen, I've only seen like three wild hogs in my life. We don't have, we, I mean, I asked a game warden here in Ohio. Uh, there were some reports of wild hogs down in, in the, the zones that I hunt. And he's like, man, you're going to see Bigfoot before you see a wild hog around here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, in Tennessee, man, they were freaking everywhere. And for I, the first one I saw was down a little waller, big old Oak tree had fallen over and it created that big cradle on the ground. It filled up with water. And that, that pig was down there like wallering around in that stuff. And I got, I mean, I don't know if they could smell, but the wind was in my face. And I walk up to the edge of this thing and this muddy thing jumps out. And I was like, Oh my God, what is that? I thought it was a bear. This thing was huge and it just pops up and it stares at me. I mean, it had the tusks. I'm like, oh my God, this is a pig. And it was federal property, so you can't shoot them there because the, the USDA hunters are out there. So they're real stringent about that. And I'm like, this thing's gonna kill me, like right here. And it took off up the hill and it was it was awesome, man. What what an experience. I mean, I know they're super destructive, but when you Very. talk about like a cool big animal, I mean, man, they're they're pretty neat looking, but you don't want them from everything that I've heard. Uh, do you guys deal with them there in Missouri? Uh, they, they've started moving in. Um, okay. I don't know of any places here in Missouri that have like a really serious problem with them, but we're surrounded by states that do. I mean, Oklahoma, yeah. Arkansas, like they both yeah. have problems with them. Texas has major problems with them. And it seems yeah. like the southern part of the U.S. is really where they're most affected. But I just yeah. talked to a guy from Alberta the other day. And they've got feral hogs up there. That's and insane, like, man. That is incredible. The problem is, like, they can survive in any habitat. And so it's like, yeah. once you have them, unless you completely eradicate them right away, there's nothing yeah. you can do. And so yeah. I'm going down to Texas. I'm I'm hoping that I can make the hog hunt in Oklahoma for a couple of days. But I'm going down uh, for a dog training event with Best Retrievers, where my dog currently is at. And then I'm also going to shoot over and do some helicopter hog hunting with some buddies in Texas. Oh man, that's going to be cool. I'm like, you know, I, the potential of shooting 200 pigs in a day from the air 
or That's like insane. shooting yeah. a couple from the ground, you know, I, but I do want to get, I want to make it out there. I want to hang out with all the guys from the network and yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, man. I, 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 there's a part of me that wants to go. I just, I, you know, the time I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. So, yeah. I mean, if it was turkey season, I'd get out hey. there and you guys hog hunt and I'll just go turkey hunting. It's just more but... time for you to come hunt Missouri. That's it, man. Hopefully That's we it. don't I... need a lot of time. You get, you get two birds here. Okay. Um, you can only shoot one the first week, and then after the first week, you can shoot two, but not on the same day. Gotcha. Okay, that's a that's so. a that's a good that's a good rule. Give them give them a little time, you know. Oh yeah, you get you uh, get the you, opportunity, and then get let it rest, and then go back and do it again. Yep. So we'll see. I might try to shoot one with my bow this year. That yeah, I I've only so, I've 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 bow hunted them just a, a very few times. I never killed one with a bow. That's an, a layer of. Um, I guess skill that <laughs> I quite frankly don't have with the bow because I just don't do it much. Oh um, yeah. But uh, uh, I got a, I got an episode coming up on the how to hunt turkeys podcast with Clint Casper from the CC hunt files and working class bow hunter that he is a big archery hunter for, uh, for turkeys. And so we're, we're going to dive into that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about it because it's, you know, and, and, and his saying is aim for the shiny spot on the wing, shiny spot on the wing. Hmm most deadly spot to hit him. So that was his, that was his comment when we talked. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know how I would go about that. I've seen the guys with the guillotine heads, uh, yeah. that'll shoot for the head and basically lop it clean off. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I'm like, I like that because you're either going to kill them or they're going to get away unharmed. Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that's a, that's I'm, a great point. I'm so removed even from like a Turkey's anatomy, you know, like with a gun, I'm shooting them in the head. Uh, yeah. With the bow, though, they puff up so much, man. It's insane. Yeah. I, I don't know if you do. You know the the volume that is taken up, like how much that increases from their normal body size. Have, to they fan. It's got to be have, double at least. It at least. I mean, it is. It is crazy because if you see them just like standing upright in a field, they're just kind of like these long, cinder, slender, black, shiny objects, and then you see one of them puffed up. And it looks like they're four feet tall and three feet around. And and yeah. they very well may be. And you know, it's un and it's unfortunate that most of the time that we get to put our hands on them or get up close, they're they're dead, you know. Yeah. Um, I did get to hold a live Jake wild turkey uh last week. We can dive into that, but um I just saw those pictures. Oh man, what an experience. Yeah, what an experience. So um wild turkey research going on in the state of Ohio. There's a ton of research going on in this country. Uh because of the population decline. So this is a nesting brood habitat study funded by, uh, in part by the national wild turkey federation, uh, in Ohio. So I was able to go down there and, and work with our representatives from, from the state agency, uh, and, and the Ohio state university to, we, we trapped, um, eight wild turkey hens and one Jake. And so we were taking measurements on the, on the hens, uh, aging the hens overall health. Uh, and then they put radio, uh, GPS collars on, on the hens. So they'll, they'll, they'll be operational for about three years. They're going to test. Um, they're going to track where they move when they, when they're incubating, when they're nesting, where they nest. And then after they move off the, the, the biologists are going to go in and check out the nests to see like nest survival, how many eggs were laid. And they can tell too, by the way that, uh, that the shells are, if it was a successful hatching or if it was destroyed by nest predators hmm. uh, and they can actually tell the way the eggs are broken how that was done. It was really, really fascinating to learn. So, 
um, at the end of it, after they got all their information, we were banning these birds, which is really cool. They did the Jake last because they're, they just banned them and then get like overall health. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're testing hens is yeah. nesting. So I didn't want to mess with any of the hens. I didn't want to be the guy that, that dropped one of the, one of the subjects. Right. So <laughs> I waited, uh, and they let me hold the, hold the Jake, which was freaking awesome, man. For, for a guy that's passionate about turkey hunting, it was a, uh, it was a moment I will never forget in my life, man. And it was, it was super cool. So we just did an episode about that. I just talked you know, in depth about the experience, man. It was, it was cool, man. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. So. Man, it's cool when you can actually be like boots on the ground, hands on with these agencies, because a lot of people, you know, through, through banquets or just donations, they're, they're taking part in this stuff and they're doing their part conservation wise, but the, the hands on stuff, it's a different level, man. Like yeah. it really is when you can be yeah. part of it and you can have encounters with truly wild animals up close. Yeah. Alive. Like it's, it's a cool deal. So I've yeah, thought about especially. that now for a while, like, man, I've got a really unique spot and I'm curious to see like, would the NW, would the NWTF be interested in doing some studies out there you know it's not public land it's private there is public mm -hmm. close by but we do have good numbers of birds and there's got to be a reason for it i know the hunting pressure is very little on these turkeys where i'm at there's not many people yeah. i think there's one adjacent property that hunts them and that's it yeah that'd be neat that'd be that, that'd be that'd be neat to see you like to see you know, it's because you look at the science and the data and all of the research, you know, Michael Chamberlain uh, and, and some of the guys from the University of Georgia did a, a gobbling study on um, unhunted property. It was, a, I believe, it was a military reservation or um, military base with a massive amount of turkeys, no hunting. And then right down the road, it was public land. So you had arbitrary numbers here. You had 500 gobbles a day at both properties. Uh, and then hunting season starts. You still had 500 gobbles at the army base, but you had like, 60 at the at the public land because we interrupt what they're doing they know that we're there they, they feel that pressure so i think that's like the they do a ton of research on that particular property just because it's it's unpressured and they're just turkeys being turkeys you know you yeah. get to see see what happens so yeah it's 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 pretty neat there are a ton of research going on around this country uh to to really kind of get a grasp of what um you know we as humans need to do to to help out the population so yeah, fortunate to be a part of it. So nice, man. Uh, it was cool. I'm gonna write some articles for it. You're gonna see some stuff coming up. Um, the NWTF official Instagram put some some of the pictures and videos up. I've got a ton. I'm gonna I'm gonna write an article for hopefully for the NWTF. I'm gonna write another article for myself and and put that up just to because I want people to see what their conservation dollars go to. You know, yeah. and and you know we can't have everyone out there trapping turkeys. It just doesn't work that way. You know, um, yeah. I was just fortunate to go um and 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 experience that and i i want to i want to share that that message uh you know the 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 this is what's happening you know with with your money and with your effort so very very cool nice man that sounds awesome and uh i'm pumped to hunt with you this year man i can't it's wait it's gonna be a lot of fun Tur i mean it's just around the corner just just over a month away here in missouri man, it's crazy isn't it it's going fast it is. I mean, we've got we got flowers blooming we've got the maple trees are starting to bud out i mean here in ohio I mean, the forsythia bushes bloomed out like last week, like right at the end of February. I mean, it is insane. The spring but surely, that's going on, I mean, so. surely it's a false spring there, right? Like you guys are probably going to get another freeze or two at least. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what, that's what I'm worried about. Um, there's definitely some colder weather, but it seems pretty stable. 
Uh, and you will, we'll get those, you know, few little, few little snows, you know, the the old wives tail is, um, you know, three, three snows after the forsythia blooms and that might be a wives tail, but it happens every year. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but you know, it's been pretty mild. So I feel good about, uh, you know, going into spring that, that those turkeys are going to be pretty, pretty healthy going into it. So, yeah. And I learned something, I learned something that turkey breeding behavior Dan is based off, and I learned this from Michael Chamberlain, uh, the wild turkey dog on Instagram. Uh, the turkey breeding is strictly based on hours of daylight. It's not temperature. So mm-hmm. he said that he said that people think that because it's it's you know beautiful weather early early that uh, the turkeys are breeding. He's like they might be gobbling just because they're they're just like you and I. They're happy that winter's over. They're happy that they can sun their face out in a seventy degree day and it's not you know 13 degrees and windy he's like they're just as excited as good weather as you are so he's like but they are not breeding uh until until those daylight hours start to elongate so interesting interesting lesson there yep yeah that is interesting and i've seen i've tried to i've tried to make note of different things that i see it seems like light rain is incredible for turkey hunting where i'm at like just love it sunny days i'm not about turkey like i just don't seem to have luck on them but that light rainy day in the morning, it seems to be a hot time for it. So, and they dude, love the fields when it's raining. Yeah, man, no problem, man. Thanks. Yeah, for having thanks me. for hopping on. And uh, before you hop off, where can people yeah. find you? Where can they follow along and listen to the new podcast? Yeah, man. So, so the new podcast, the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, is available on all platforms uh, that you listen to on Instagram. It's H two H T How to Hunt Turkeys H two H T podcast. Uh, you can find me on Go Wild. Um, I've got a new website, turkeyseason.com, that went live a couple of weeks ago. Really neat. A ton of content creators. Uh, it's all turkey hunting, man. Uh, just nice. some really some really neat stuff, some really neat videos. That site and that that uh, that is going to continue to evolve. There is a store there uh, on the back end, a lot of different options for turkey calls and some really neat products. So, yeah, check check that out, turkeyseason.com. I had someone say, man, if you don't know where to get – if you, you don't know that you can get turkey hunting content at turkeyseason.com, go back to school, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. That's awesome, dude. Well, yeah, we're going to, we'll be doing a follow-up podcast when you come down here and hunt and hopefully uh, maybe kicking up some fresh turkey meat. So. Man, I hope so, buddy. We'll, 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 we'll tailgate cooking, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs>